Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm a 49-year-old single mum of two and owner of the UK's most haunted house, Vanessa Mitchell. <laughs> really? That, that's a shocker. I didn't expect that one today. And who are you? Uh, well, if you're going to be me, I might as well be you, Freddie Young. Um, 28-year-old, head of pastoral in a high school, dealing with turbulent teenagers... Daily, weekly, hourly, hourly, secondly, dramally. <laughs> and that is your hosts for this evening for this episode of The Haunted. So we would like to uh, start this evening with an Apologies. apology. Yeah, huge apologies, guys. We have been a little bit quiet recently, and that is because we have been working on a top secret project that we will tell you all a little bit more about uh, in times to come, but it's something that all of our listeners will enjoy. Well, I think a hint is allowed, seeing as we've left people yes, alone. Yeah. Um, it's going to be something you can... All I can say is it's going to be something you will be able to watch on TV. And that's, and that's Hence, all you're getting. the need for secrecy, because we are not allowed, basically, to say any more. But it's... Something that's been in the progress, which we are now very close to signing, and the deal has been done. And that's all we can say. So, we will tell you more when we can. When we're allowed. Yeah. When we haven't got our hush orders. Yeah. So, updates on life whilst we've been gone. Slim to none, I would say. The lion's behaving. Yeah. In the garden. Although I did get a knock on the head last night. Oh, I yeah, told that, you so earlier. Yeah, so that's your, your that's, news, yeah. So last night, it's quite strange. I was laying in bed on my side with my back to the wall watching the telly. And I say to my back to the wall, there's probably about a, a foot gap between my side of the bed and, and the wall. Jake was in the bath. Binky was... In the front room, I think. She's snotting somewhere. Snotting and stinking somewhere. somewhere yeah. And um, I, I, I felt a, a, a bit eerie. But mm, I was like, you oh. just had the feeling. Just, yeah. But then you just dismiss it, don't you? So it's dark, it's at night, no one's around, it's quiet. And then out of nowhere, something donks me on the back of the head. Mm. And it... I won't. I don't want to say it hurt, but I felt it, and I felt it for a bit afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So but, it's a significant. Yeah. Bang. And it. it and Contact. It, and I jolted, and I spun round expecting to see Jake playing silly buggers, but I thought, oh no, he's in the bath, and no one. I'd have seen him come into the room, so, who knows? Yeah. I've had similar things in the past. I mean, things like that are always to get your attention. Yeah. It is, yeah. It, I mean, it is what it is. That there's some. There's, it's, it's about something. It isn't felt it? playful. Yeah. I didn't feel that like they was trying to attack me and bludgeon me to death in my bed. Yeah. But it's, it was enough to give you Somebody a little shot. Some attention. Yeah. Well, I didn't give it to them because in my head I thought, don't acknowledge it. Don't acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just carried on. Be brave. Be brave. Be brave. Well, I said be brave. I then said to Jake. Um, I think it's time you come to bed now. And he was like, oh, why? And I went, um, it's late. You need to be getting into bed. And normally I'm fast asleep by the time Jake comes to bed. And um, I made him get in bed and finish watching his programmes there so I could go to sleep peacefully. In safety. In safety, knowing someone was around. Not that he would have done much. 
but it's always nice to, <laughs> to have, have a buddy in your time of need. Um, Vanessa still hasn't got her budgies. Yeah, I think another week. Another they'll week. Be ready. They'll be ready. Uh, young Binky Boos has settled in nicely. Binky the little doggy woggy. Yeah. Uh, the show's mascot, I've decided, uh, from that moment that I'd said it would be the show's mascot. All right, okay. Uh, Binky, I'm going to get a strap a torch to her head and just tell everyone she's a paranormal investigator. Right, well, until I get my two birds and then your Binky is going to have rivalry for mascots. Rivalry. Well, can't we get the birds? We have three mascots. Three mascots. That'd be nice. Um, but she settled in nicely. Jake took her to the vet today uh, and he said the vet nearly had his whole hand up her ass trying to figure out why she shit so much. Oh. He went, that was a sight. I went, oh, poor Binky. Oh, God, did you actually have to say that? <laughs> now I've got visions. I've got visuals. I've got visuals of it now. <coughs> um, I've, I've been recovering from a cold. Yeah, and I've still got a cough. I've had it now for black. I haven't got COVID, but I've had a cough for weeks. I think I need antibiotics. I've lost half a stone. Yeah. I've got a bit of a tan. I've half given up smoking. Yeah, that's a result. So listen, it's been it's been an, it has well. I said we had no updates. It's been a lot going on. Yeah. A lot going on. I've got a new job. Yes. As well, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the secondary school. Um, off to pastures new. Pastures greener, I hope. Yeah. Well, they will be. So, yes. Well, listen, enough about and us. I've taken up with Jude fishing. Have you? Yes, carp fishing. Wait, what, no, right. I always fancied it. Right, when did this come about? Well, the last... This is news to me. Yeah, no, the last like, four, or five, four or five weeks. Um, so now when I'm off at the weekend, me and Jude go fishing with a friend of ours. That's cool. Yeah, and um, yeah... It's just chill. It's relaxing. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's just really nice. I always kind of fancied it. Are you going to go night fishing? Uh, no, this is just like carp fishing. Yeah, but, um, I'll get but I tent. do fancy, what I did say was, I do fancy at some point doing, you know, so you can actually see fish An and aquarium. then cook some fish. Oh. An aquarium? <laughs> no. I thought you said, I want to see fish. No, no, no <laughs> not actually visualise, see them. And do some sea fishing, but yeah, it, it's it's something I've just taken up, and I always fancied it. Now I haven't caught anything yet, oh. and in fact, I'm only just watching. So I'm being all flash about it. All <laughs> I'm doing is watching. she watches somebody fish. Yeah, but I'm kind of learning. But Jude's really into it, and it's just something nice to do. Well, I've got an, a leopard print tent you can borrow if you ever fancy going and staying over. A leopard over. print tent, really? Yeah, this I don't do, do things, Bob. I'm a classy person. Later. Basically, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy on our souls. Anyway, enough about us. Let's get on. So, this week, and potentially rolling into next, we will be covering haunted paintings. Mm. It was divine inspiration. Yeah. I was a bit stuck for an idea for what could we possibly do. Mm. Um, I tried to think of all the big cases, and I thought, I don't want to do them just yet. I want to sit down properly with these, uh, yeah. you know, real famous cases. Uh, and then it just come to me. Mm. Divine it's inspiration. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to kick off with what I believe to be the world's most haunted painting. Mm. And it has been dubbed one of the world's most haunted objects. Right, okay. And that is the anguished man. Well, that's well, the story, well, isn't well. it? Well, well, well. I've got much experience with the Anguish Man because obviously 
Uh, anyway, you'll probably get onto that. But the anguished man has been to the cage on multiple occasions, that actual painting. Yep. I have seen it. I've spent the evening with it in the cage. You, John. You've spent many a... Yeah. Many an evening in its presence. Yeah. The Anguished Man is not a pretty painting. Mm. It is, um, it's like a blueish background. Yeah. With just like a red skinless figure yeah. screaming. Painted with the painter's own blood. <laughs> so, obviously. To be honest, it has got a weird feeling because when John first brought it to my house in Great Bentley to show me, I'm like, because it's a huge painting. I said, you can't come in. I, I don't big. want it in the door. Because there's just something about this painting. Although, obviously, back in the day, there, he was doing exhibitions in the cage with it. But when he actually first brought it to a house, and I'm like, no, I don't want that painting. There's just something. Now, now I understand placebo effect in your brain, but there's just something about it. I said, no, it can't come in this house. I will post a picture of it on our social media so you can understand... The Anguished Man is quite a famous picture. I'm it's a famous story. It's yeah. a famous story. And I'm assuming if, if you have an interest in the paranormal, it's a story that you may have come across yeah, of yeah. and may have heard of. I mean, Google it. This, the, it's, you know. it's, it's, yeah, it's not a pretty painting. And not a hell of a lot is known about this painting. So it is owned currently by a man called Sean Robinson. And he inherited the painting from his grandmother. Now, his grandmother had the painting locked away in her attic for 25 years after receiving it as a gift. She always said it was evil and she believed it to be cursed. Mm. She mm. often told them that she used to see a dark figure of a man around the house at night and would hear strange noises and somebody crying. She told them that the artist had committed suicide shortly after finishing it and that he'd used his own blood mixed in with the oils to yeah, paint it. Yeah, yeah. So after Grandma died, Sean got the painting and they kept it in their basement because his wife wasn't a huge fan of it either. But shortly after they got the painting, various members of the family started seeing the dark figure of a man at night as the grandmother did. Um, they also as well began to hear noises and after a while that started to turn into a crying and moaning, mm. which I think is that's that's scary yeah it's different to hear a chair scrape but to hear yeah. cries and moans and wails in the yeah, middle of the night that's really scary that yeah. is very very scary the painting however remained in the house and although sean never believed in the paranormal he is now convinced there's something evil that dwells in the painting or around the painting mm. so obviously um the dark figure and the moans and things like that came shortly after it was in the house. But as time went on, uh, the noises got much worse and they heard crying coming from a corner of their bedroom. They all started seeing the, the same dark figure standing at the bottom of the bed, just staring at them. They estimate it from size and build yeah. and that to be you know that of like an average middle-aged man uh features are not very very clear no they wouldn't be yeah. um but yeah so you know from if you saw a shadow or something you'd you'd be you'd have a good guesstimate yeah, as course. to whether it's male female um age well, your and things instincts like that. Yeah. tell you that don't they yeah so 
Sean obviously then has clots that, listen, it must be the painting. Maybe what Nan was saying wasn't a load of, um, wasn't a fairy tale. So the sceptic, the remaining sceptic in him thought, well, you know what? Out of curiosity, he moved the painting into his bedroom because um, it used to be in the cupboard downstairs. Um, so further incidents then began begin to happen and each member of the family were haunted in a different way. So at night, Sean would wake up to see the dark faceless figure standing in his bedroom and his wife discovered a stranger lying on the bed next to her, which left her terrified. The, inc the incident took a real dark turn, though, when their uh, son, Kean, felt a presence push him down the stairs. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a dark, that's a malevolent yeah. um, spirit there. Now, again, jumping ahead a little bit more in time, these, these incidents continued to happen. Uh, so Sean decided to set up cameras and, he, and started to document and, yeah. and has documented it really, really well. Um, what has happened what's happening with this painting it's interesting if i can just interject just by listening to what you're saying it's interesting how many people that we read about and research that know there's something very wrong but instead of their instincts getting rid of it they try to study it but people that are not initially interested in the paranormal mm -hmm. now my instinct would be if i wasn't me is to think get rid of it but it's fascinating how many people will try and find an answer, even up to the detriment of their own children and family indoors. Because I always find that interesting. It's the ultimate question, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, sceptic or not, if you're offered a chance to maybe get an understanding of that. But anything instinctively that you feel danger, especially where children are concerned or a wife or a husband, you stop and block and delete and get rid of it straight away and it's interesting with these haunted stuff there's just a need in people like you say to carry on research find out even though they it's, know it's, it's their a, instincts it's, a, it's bad it's an innate curiosity yeah and it only happens with the paranormal because it would never be in any other situation if there was someone around well, your no, child if, if, they, your if, they, if you husband, had a dog and it bit your kid you yeah. then wouldn't have a dog. Or if there was an adult or school friend around and you know, oh, they're bad news, you'd literally do anything you would remove for, for protection. And it's weird that people don't do that with the paranormal. But I suppose you have a level of understanding. So, you know, using the dog example, if a dog attacks your you or your family, you can pick that dog up and remove it and deal with that. There's almost like a, but it's a, a set procedure. It's painting, though, surely, to God. Uh, uh, it's anything pertaining to a level of danger um, or something that you can't... But there's no set procedure of how to deal with these things, is there? You no, know? but a normal instinct to someone that doesn't even know about this would say, right, just get rid of it. Just get rid. Yeah. Well, listen... I don't know, it's just weird, isn't it? It is, yeah. it is strange. Uh, so obviously, yeah, Sean set up cameras and, and, and began to document what was uh, happening around this painting. So he set up a camera in his spare bedroom um so and started to record it but recorded it over the process of three nights and did it for about four hours a night between one and five uh, in the morning i should say he recorded the usual banging noises that would come um when the painting was around but on the second night at around 25 past three he recorded the painting falling over but it kind of like, it doesn't just like 
just fall. It almost like edges forwards a, a little bit and then flops forward. This is the nature of this painting. It actually moves physically by itself uh -huh. before that, yeah, yeah. And as well, just after it, there's a, they, I don't want to say orb, it's like a, like a flash yeah. of strange light. Energy. Um, like up against the wall. Yeah. And not long after it after it falls. This footage is available on YouTube. Um, mm. There is a whole channel dedicated to the Anguish Man, and I believe it's run by, by Sean. Some of the evidence on there is amazing. I think a lot of it was John, because obviously John took the painting, didn't he? And he toured the UK with it. I mean, that's how obviously it came to the cage. Um, but yeah, he'll certainly be... In, involved so um sean went on to say that there was no drafts in the room although a, a draft wouldn't knock a painting of that size no, and course, where it was it and big. how it moved it wouldn't do that um it was it was stood at, a, at an angle against the wall so it wouldn't have been it wasn't propped flush up against the wall yeah. um so again wouldn't just naturally have tipped over by itself um he then began to experience strange mists around the top of the stairs yeah and describes it as suddenly being surrounded by smoke and becoming very very cold but then would vanish as quickly as it came yeah again you know it's i always say classic classic sign but mists and that plummet in temperature it's all very indicative of a haunting yes absolutely um but yeah, like I said, Google, go, just Google it or YouTube it. There are tons of stuff out there that... Um... Um, when I'm saying John, uh, his name is John Blackburn. Um, when I'm saying John, he toured the country with his oh, painting. I, I, me I, mentioned, I mentioned him in a second. Oh, right, okay, sorry. Yeah. sorry. I did, it's I, me no, jumping I, ahead as per. No, that's all right. So, for whatever reason... Sean, so this is two years after the recording. Right. So Sean had to temporarily uh, move out of his home and move in with his parents. And obviously the painting was something that he took with him. It was only in the house for a few days when the noises started. Uh, the same noises that they had experienced previously. So the same bangs, moans, cries, um, etc. Then on the third night, Sean's father fell down the stairs the same as his son did at the other house. Yeah. So again, this entity is not happy, mm. it would seem. Mm. Um, thankfully, though, um, Dad wasn't hurt and they moved and put the painting back in storage. Now, this is where we get on to John. So Sean began working closely with John Blackburn and Ian Lawman. Yeah. And they take that well they've taken the painting to some of the most haunted locations in the uk including 35 yeah. stone gate at york chillingham castle yeah and the cage da -da -da -da, which is your old house yes so you tell me how did it come around did they approach you and say listen yeah, we're john... touring it around can we yeah john contacted me actually john John initially contacted me with Ian and Ian Lawman started coming to the house, first of all, for seances and various stuff. And then after that, um, John came with, the, with, with you know, with the Anguish Man. Um, 
and he would do he would like they would stand in the prison room and well, well you know because you, you're in one of them back in the day um and get essentially people around a circle and and literally talk to the painting and, and just and just watch the bloody thing move i mean of course in those days the cage was wired up with cameras in every room and when we reviewed it you could see that the, the painting would just move but it wasn't only that for me it and also john would go into kind of a trance-like state to communicate with the original painter but for me freddie it's it was the feeling of the painting like i said in my house in great bentley i wouldn't even have it you know because things everything has energy and for me it was like listen i'm very well aware you bring something bad in it's fucking hard to get it out and i'm just like babe sorry i'd love to invite you in and i remember saying to him he said oh okay i said you're not coming in get that thing i can see i took i took pictures of it and you can see he's standing outside my house i said it's not coming in the house there's something about that painting that comes with its own energy and i can well 1, believe thousand percent it there's something yeah. attached to that yeah now if you didn't know the kind of connotations of this painting and the story attached to this you would still oh you'd feel still look at it and, and say go, it's not for oh, me oh absolutely because it's oh. horrific you know it's it really is horrific it's so dark it's really dark i obviously was in the cage one evening obviously with john i couldn't i can't can't remember the fella's name he was a lovely man though and i enjoyed my experience it was extremely unnerving. And again, like you said, we would stand in the prison room. The painting was on an easel yeah. uh, placed in the middle of the room. And we would stand around the outside and, and you were encouraged to speak and ask questions. And the painting initially, initially it was quite quiet. Initially nothing really happened. But you could feel the energy ramping up. And mm. slowly it would respond to a question. Yeah. And it would like... Um, rock judder yeah and it would Just, shake yeah it would shake yeah it was like someone had hold of the easel and was just rocking yeah. it but not not a shake as in it was ridiculous but a mild version of shaking you could physically see this thing moving quivering. yeah moving after a while though towards the end the easel was tipping up yeah onto yeah. one foot and onto the other yeah and that painting was rocking and moving round so the painting started with um, the back of it towards the, the front room yeah. and the painting of it pointed towards the cage door. Mm. By the end of it, I would say that was almost half the way around the room. I mean, you could, you could say that that was the spirit and the energy in the cage doing that. But because this has happened in so many other locations, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, when John came, most times there was filming from every angle. He, he brought good film crew with him. And there were, you know, regardless of mine, and it was filmed consistently. Nobody was anywhere near it, and you could physically see it. Now explain that, because I, I don't know. I mean, it happened. We've got physical proof and evidence. Of You've it. seen it. I've seen it. There's videos of it online. Yeah. That it's everywhere. This, if there was ever a haunting painting in this world, this is this is the one. This is this and is also, the real when he deal. Brought the painting into the cage. I was always there, so there was never setting up strings or bloody invisible wires. But they would—they'd never stuff. be able to. The, they the, wouldn't the, be the, able to. The room is 
the the kind of area you've got to work in isn't that big. No. And you'd be walking through it in that. There, there is there was no room for trickery. But also, we do know that some people out there do have excellent trickery. Of but course they do. I can guarantee do. I was there, and there was never. I was there from the start to finish. That they'd meet me at the door. I'd let them in. I'd be in the room the entire time. So yeah, no, there was definitely no trickery. Now, we wasn't paying overly much attention to the house whilst mm. we was in there. Did you notice that it would aggravate what was in there already? Did they become more active? Did they kind of take a step back? What? I think the problem is a cage is such a haunted location. It's hard to pinpoint because, of course, when John was there, John Blackburn was there uh, with the painting, It obviously we were focusing, like, like you were when you went, on the activity and the painting. So you don't I, I, tend to really that you then you no. don't clock and, up and, things. But but the cage is extremely haunted anyway. So you know you you haven't got people with EVPs in every single room and all the equipment. So yeah. um, because God, you could go in the cage right now and have shit happen. So well, whoever goes into the cage next is in for a. It's been it's it's laid empty for so long. Well, I don't think anyone should ever go into it next. I think so. Well, and go in there. Nobody should ever live in there ever. I, I I said that. I said it to the the owner of it. Now she's never moved in actually. So I and and I don't think she ever will. So it will lay empty for years and years. Hopefully, uh, my opinion is it should never ever be lived in. It's not safe. End of subject. And that's all we have to say on the matter. So I'm going to give you a little anecdote. Um, from one of our favourite spirits at one of our favourite locations. So we are going to Chillingham Castle. Oh, go on. And our favourite, what was what was his name? John. John Sage. John the man Sage. himself. So um, this is... Which, can we just say John Sage backstory? He, he was the, the lead torturer. Yes, he was. And he was a... And accidentally wicked. killed his bird on the rack. With a bit of sadistic... Yeah, going back to our episode of Chilling Castle. I mean, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. one yeah. I like that one. So, uh, this is John Blackburn's story. Mm. So, it was on the evening of the 18th of May 2013 at Chillingham Castle. And a group of, uh, a group of people experienced events that were both terrifying and unexplained. None of the guests were prepared for what was about to happen in the early hours of Sunday morning. The room went icy cold when a large dark figure appeared in the middle of the seance circle. A large wooden bench banged on the floor of its own accord in response to John Blackburn's questions to the painting. Mm. Then suddenly the bench was flipped upside down violently by what is to believe to be John Sage, one of Chillingham Castle's resident powerful spirits. Um, and they believed that he was showing his anger to a foreign, uninvited spirit into the castle. Mm. John Blackburn has gone on to say that it was one of the strangest experiences in all of his years of investigation. And there are at least 20 witnesses to what happened yeah. that night. I mean, it's worth saying about John. Um, he really took a lot of time to connect with this painting. He didn't just take it and think, oh, blinding, there's a fiver in this. He actually, I spoke to him extensively about it. He took a long time to connect with this spirit. You know, this, this wasn't overnight. Um, his wife wasn't too happy, to be honest, and he said, I have to, you know. And he really did take a lot of time to connect and understand the entity attached to this painting. 
the painting is now locked away in a secure location mm. but many many people have tried to sell replicas of the haunted painting on places like ebay and things like that but sean who is the owner has insisted that they are all fake and that he would never sell the original to f avoid any further harm being um, yeah. being made so that raises an interesting question mm. of one that we talk about quite a lot mm. haunted objects mm. so and it, i suppose this is a warning out there to people that to just be cautious when you buy things online well it's literally just like i've said the cage nobody should go back in that shouldn't be lived in i think when you experience this stuff and your brain completely understands it and gets it um then your instinct as a good human is is to protect and say no that th this shouldn't be and obviously he's the same with the painting i mean i know john always said to me because i you know I, I knew him for a long time and spoke extensively about this with him and I think in a way he, I'm not going to say obsessed, that's the wrong word, but he probably got too attached to the painting. Yeah. Um, well, not too attached, but he, it went deeper than just taking out. It became so much of his life. Um, was there an attachment there possibly? Um, and, uh, you know, and like the cage, when you know something is bad and you just feel it, and sometimes it's like, I don't care if the world thinks... I'm a mug boat. I don't care if the world doesn't believe me. I know it, and that's good enough for me. So there's a warning there. And I think it's the same with this painting. So do you, in your possession, have any objects that you believe are haunted, or do you still have things from the cage that you've bought with you? Or... Right, you've asked me this before. Um, my answer is no, I would never ever have anything um, that I feel is bad. I have stuff from the cage. It's actually locked away. I've got a lot of stuff from the cage, original stuff. I'd never have it in this house ever because I live through it and there's nothing I need in my life about bringing anything from, from those years into, into this house or, or, or any house since. I have lots of objects from the cage, loads of it. And it's locked in a way in a big farm farm barn somewhere. I've, I, I, you know, I've, I've still got most of it. Um, would I risk bringing it into a house? No, no, never. Because this stuff, people don't realise, but you know, it's it's bad stuff. You know, why risk it? You know, just just why risk it? That's what I think. Exactly. So, I did mention to you this. Uh, did mention this to you earlier, but the story of the anguished man and the painting and potentially the subsequent haunting i'm not overly sure the details but it's all being made into a movie well you said that the other day and i couldn't yeah i, I didn't realize yeah so i think it's been picked up by like labrie labray film productions or or something like that I, i'm yeah. not 100 percent sure in the details um i had a little look online to see if i could find out any more if it's in production or anything like that I couldn't really find anything, so I haven't really got the, the details for you, but just keep an eye out because I can imagine that'll be quite a a a big film. I mean if in they the start from the beginning world. with the the guy the, that the painted with his own blood then killed himself, I mean there's a reason he painted that picture specifically with his own blood. <sighs> Look, it's intent, isn't it? 
with human beings and spirit, it's intent. And, you know, maybe that was his, like, last goodbye, his last well, hurrah. Been, and, because, that, yeah, and if that's the position he was in, that, that the intent that he put into that painting, that yeah. intent has lived on in well, that painting. Well, of course, painting. And, and that's the nature of it, and the energy attachments, yeah. And I would say that it's not a, you know, it's an intelligent spirit. Yeah. Because it can respond. Oh, it, does, it responds, yeah. You know, so it, I don't know. Like, is the soul of, of this anguished man trapped in the painting? Is it just he accompanies the painting where it where it well, goes? I would say accompanies it. I, I don't know if souls are trapped in objects. I think souls are attached to objects. I mean, we know there are some cases where souls are trapped in objects. And I think that's more for... Voodoo, hoodoo, you know, all, boxes all, all, and all. Yeah, that, that's all that realm of stuff, which we don't really fully understand. understand. Both are possible, we know that. Don't Both we? are possible. Listen, the world is a weird and wonderful place. Yeah. So I think we are going to finish there for this week. Yeah. And I've got two more haunted paintings coming your way mm. right after this short break <laughs> <laughs> listen guys that was haunted paintings the anguish man part one one episode un. we'll be back um and i'll release um subsequent haunted paintings part two so keep an eye out for that we hope you've enjoyed it be good be safe be honest and we will see you very soon. Ciao for now. Bye.